glory. The parables, the riddles, the dark speech of wisdom. You guys read the book of Proverbs? Has the book of Proverbs been made your flesh? Are you wise? Wisdom builds her seven pillars, which means there's no possibility of understanding one single thing in the kingdom of heaven of our God without the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is the beginning of all spiritual building in your spirit, in your rich treasury of glory, in your womb, where you're impregnated by the sperm of God with the divine child. Oh, what? Pregnant now? Oh, sperm? Yeah, that's scripture. First John, read the Bible. You're impregnated by the Word of God, and the Son of God is formed in your belly. It's called a rich treasury of glory. Christ in you, the hope that your carnal mind realizes that real glory, that it's real. That you have a treasure house and a wine cellar in your stomach, that's greater than Fort Knox. I don't care if you believe there's no gold in Fort Knox. It's a, it's symbolic of gold. Okay? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Mm. It's not using his name in vain when you say Jesus Christ. Vain means using it without any power in the religious demon. When you say Jesus Christ in a religious ceremony and there's no power in the name, that's the using of the Lord's name in vain. Vanity means just surface level deep. There's no spiritual oomphta in it. There's no spiritual resurrection grace in it. Vanity. Chasing after the wind, which means you haven't become who you are yet in Christ. <laughs> Vanity means you're still surface level deep. Are you using the Lord's name in vain? Are you religious? Every time you say the name of Jesus, does nothing happen? Do your prayers go unanswered? Do you not get what you speak because you're a vain person? An egotistical mark? Well, I tell you the truth. The throne of grace will serve you into your belly, the divine child, and remove your ego. That's actually called the forgiveness of sins so that you're no longer egotistical. Narcissistic Christians everywhere. That's what church is. You go to church for you. That's the absolute opposite of real biblical Christianity. We become Christians to serve Christ. It has zero to do with you. How many Christians go to church to be a bless me club, to serve themselves, to build up their families, to have a better family life? That's sin. That's sin. <laughs> we serve Christ so that the Father can have a better family life. You're not even real Christians yet. You cannot be a real Christian and go to church. It's impossible. Because church is about me. Church serves the ego. And that's what's wrong with everybody. They have that whole Mark of Cain or bewitchment of Galatians 3, 1 through 3 idea that it's about them still. And they're always trying to be a better me. You ask them how they're doing, they'll never talk about the Father. They'll always talk about themselves. 
because they're the marks of Cain and the marks of the beast. Every single one is a whore of Babylon. Every single one is self-servient. Every single one is self-conscious and self-aware. That is the human sinful nature, and there is forgiveness for your sins in the man of grace that serves you in the bowels of your states and in the bowels of the earth and in the bowels of your nations, which is the lowest place, the servanthood of all. We think the throne of grace must be out there. He's out there. He's up there. The throne of grace is in the bowels of the nations. The throne of grace is the lowest place, and you can't get any lower than the throne of grace. Don't you think the throne of God is perfect humility? Is the throne of God with us? The Bible says so. The Bible says the throne of grace is with us. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of heaven is inside your belly. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, you're made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then you have a rich treasury of glory, Ephesians chapter 2. That you have the Almighty, the All-Ruler of heaven and earth inside you. The problem is, part of us thinks this thing has something to do with us. That's deception. (laughs) That's pride. It's Satan. And Satan isn't really the problem. You're the problem. That you think it's still about you. It's not about you. It's about Him. And when we, get, when we get our eyes off ourselves and we get our eyes fixed on Jesus, we get our faith authored and we get our faith finished. And then we walk in Jesus' measure of faith because we're looking at Jesus in us, which is called realizing the glory. And then we begin to go from glory to glory. People don't enter the glory because there's still marks of Cain. There's still self-centered, selfish little animals that want a bless me. They want a blessing. They want service. Serve me. Give me a better life. I want to be a better me. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want my family to be high society, upper class. And it's all me, 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 Babylon the Great Deception. That's the potent spell of Satan upon the brains of those bewitched. Is the whole world bewitched? Entirely. Entirely. Babylon the Great, that whole term means the whole universe has deceived you. That you serve God through a universe or he who's in the world instead of he who's in you. Scripture. Bewitchment is serving he who's in the world, pretending to be Jesus, trying to work your way up by the sweat of your brow, which is a demonic system that's been on lockdown from sorcerers and demons and devils for thousands of years. You actually go into the lineage of Cain when you try to serve he who's in the world, in your Christian churches. That's why they're all so beat up, because you can't get ahead in the Babylon the Great World system. Only demons and devils and the sons and daughters of Satan get ahead and they just taunt you every day on Snapchat with their new Rolls Royce. They taunt you on your TVs. They taunt you in their, sa- in their states. They taunt you. And even the Republicans and the conservatives and the people that, you know, we're kind of a part of, you know, the pro-life people, anti-abortion and conservative Christian values, 
a lot of those systems are still Babylonian. And you're going to be shocked how much of what you think is good is not kingdom. It's a great deal. It's a huge amount. It's not a small amount. Much of what you think is good will actually burn so that you can have that which is perfect, (laughs) which is the kingdom of heaven manifesting from the divine child in your man-bear-pig womb. What? Oh my gosh. That's just a funny thing from South Park. Oh, glory. Gotta have a good sense of humor through it all. You gotta joke around because these people are so serious in their human nature. They're angry. They're angry animals. And you can't be angry. You can't help someone working in the soul realm. You can't just throw sands at them. You can't throw chunks of clay at them. You can't work in Babylon using Babylonian warfare. Heaping abuse. You know, backstabbing, gossiping messaging people behind the apostles' back, causing all kinds of factions and divisions, you know, sowing discord, all the works of demons that we see by the thousands every day worldwide, coming against the King on the throne, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that sits in the lowest place in the bowels of the earth, with the bowels of compassion always open. The issue is, will you open your hearts? Will you learn to love unconditionally from the lowest place and get your ideas of how to serve others incinerated, out of the way, burnt up, not trying to add to what is written, not adding to the Word of God, especially when we don't even read the Word of God. Most of you are so clueless, you don't even have a clue of what the Apostle Paul walked in. And you have his letters, those little scrolls that you can eat, have them go right into your belly, and become your heart's garden. To walk in the Word is to walk with the Father. You walk in the Word. You walk in the fire of the Word, the glory of the Word, the anointing of the Word, the wine of the Word, the living Word, raised from the dead, defeating all demons and devils. You gotta understand when the Apostle Paul's writing that it's direct revelation from Jesus Christ to Colossa, Philippi, Ephesus, Corinth, and all the demon spirits the Apostle can see in the whole territory. And so he uses the word from the throne to give you the ammunition to be made flesh to take that territory. That's what the Word of God is. Active, energized, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the soul from the spirit so you can sack that lie into the lake of fire. Destroy the lie. Destroy the stronghold. Tearing down arguments. Taking into captivity every lie of Satan and his angels. And casting it into the lake of fire. Casting off every word that empowers flesh which is the beast. Every word of the false prophet that fortifies the flesh around the spirit so they're not living as a regenerated spirit or a Christian, they're living as a carnal mind, which is a whore of Babylon or someone who's bewitched. Someone who was once alive when they first believed spiritually and then came under the magic spell of externalism of Jezebel and now tries to finish in the flesh what began in the spirit. Galatians 3.1, it is written, which is like 99% of all Christians in the whole world. Because you think going to church is good. 
And I know some good stuff happens in there. But if you stay in there, you'll rot. You'll never meet your full potential. When you're born again, you have the potential to actually begin to rule and reign because you have Christ in you. Is Christ in you submitted to man? Is Christ in you submitted to Caesar? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Make him bow unto his knees hurt. Let him bleed out and let his bowels explode. He's a devil. He's a thief. Herod, the sly fox. Jesus attacked all the false authorities of Israel. He attacked the Pharisees and he attacked Herod 99 times more than he attacked lust. He was attacking, attacking the self-righteous. He was t- attacking the self-appointed. He was attacking the political realm. He was attacking the religious realm, which is the realm of pride. Because Satan is predominantly a pride spirit, a religious devil, a prideful devil. And he deceives people with that pride, which is the false light of the heavens, the second heavens, <laughs> and it goes right into their brain and they think there's something in their flesh. They think there's something in their brain. They think there's something in their human abilities. Let's give a round of applause for this good human. And they die and go to hell. God didn't give a round of applause. That person's burning in hell. Gandhi's burning in hell. He rejected Christ. I'd be surprised if Mother Teresa's not burning in hell, honestly. Religious devil. I've had people go to Calcutta and tell me it was the most miserable person they've ever met. The saddest, most depressed, hunchback woman you've ever met. And that's like, people applaud Mother Teresa. And let that offend your religious demon. Because you're wrong. It's about grace. It's about favor. It's about joy. The joy of the Lord's our strength. It's not about being a slave to works. It's not about being a religious demon serving the religious devil, Satan, in Roman Catholicism sorcery of the Jesuit lie, of the Jesuit deception of the whole world, which is buildings made by human hands, Gog and Magog, bewitched and then buried in the dust of the earth. First they bewitch you. You get born again. Oh, there's a God, there's a God. Woo! Even the demons believe in God and shudder. Then you go to church and they get you into works. Next thing you know, you're a slave of the religious devil. Christians are the slave race of Babylon the Great. I tell you that because it's true and we're trying to set you free. Every system, every world system has had slaves. There's never been Christian slaves like this. The only thing comparable is Israel in captivity to the Egyptians. And that's why God the Father calls this the final exodus. Because you've been slaves of the Bilderberg group. You've been slaves of the billionaire class elites. You've been slaves of the Freemason sorcerers. You've been slaves. And they have always taken advantage of your goodness, of your niceness. Of Isn't a Christian supposed to be nice? I've had doctors that are Luciferians weep and gnash their teeth at me because I wouldn't let them manipulate me by me being a nice Christian. They wanted to come into Joel's bar. They wanted to see the studio in Minneapolis. True story. 32nd degree Freemasons, murderers, owners of abortion clinics. This is the crap I've had to deal with to get here today. And he's a retired doctor, millions of dollars. And when he couldn't manipulate me, he'd sit next to me. And he looked and I saw fear in his eyes. Because I know what he was. He was the son of the red dragon. There is a demonic realm of like this red 
the the air turns kind of this red color and it's the blood of the saints they're drunk on the blood of the saints these warlocks and sorcerers in Babylon the Great guess what they found that guy two days later up in the Calhoun Beach Club having overdosed on prescription drugs killed himself killed himself Woo! and I didn't rejoice over his death but that's what happens when you fight the throne of grace it is utterly hopeless for the servants of the red dragon it is utterly hopeless for those who are sorcerers in Babylon the Great these are how the sorcerers felt towards Daniel in Babylon it's hopeless to fight the God of Daniel you cannot win against the Creator no matter how many thousands of fallen angels you've sacrificed to and by killing men and women as sacrifices in serving the fallen angels, which is what sorcery is. You sacrifice other human beings around you to get ahead in Babylon the Great. That's how you climb that mountain. That's how you climb that hill on your one dollar bill. That's what sorcery is. And Christians do it all the time. I work for Christians, businessmen. They'd be going to church pretending they have one face and they have a second face in business. They will sacrifice you to the demon of mammon in a New York second. There's no love. It's just money. The love of money, the root of all evil. But I tell you the truth, the servant of all sits on a gold throne. It's gold. People say it's sapphire. It's a sapphire sea before his gold throne. And it doesn't matter. I'm sure he's got multiple thrones. He's God. He can create a new one. Let your theology die and be cast into hell. You have to understand the servanthood of all of the throne of grace in the lowest place of the bowels of the earth to serve all the stomachs of the nations all the spiritual stomachs of the 50 US states and to cleanse them with rivers of compassion rivers of love this is a love revolution from the lowest place of being servant of all you know a lot of people get revelation they want to be ruler of all and they see the example in the world system of Christian success and they're just backwards. Backwards! Christian success is being on the throne of grace. Now you can be a king, you can be a lord, you can be a king and a priest like Jesus Christ. And that's wonderful. I mean, it doesn't even matter what it looks like. As long as you're serving everyone, Him, in the lowest places. Not the highest places, the lowest places. Because the lowest places are the highest places in the kingdom. The lowest places on earth is the most high God in heaven. Melchizedek served Abraham bread and wine. Abraham was a nobody before he had a covenant. He was worshiping demons. He was an idolater. He was an Arab. There was no Jewish race. There was no covenant. There was no Jews. There was no Israel. And God humbled himself, came down, and served man. And man came into covenant with the living God. And man ate and drank the bread and the wine of the Most High God. And for generations we've been rising from the dead to be like that man, Melchizedek, who is Jesus Christ, servant of all. And you get up underneath everyone, right in their loins, right in their reproduction system, and you serve them the divine child so they don't try to find fulfillment even in their children, which is sin. 
in anything in creation, which is sin. You shall have no other gods besides me. And, and in Christian, conservative, Republican America, it's okay to idolatrize your family. It was in Israel too. Jesus rebuked them. He said, you can't, have, you can't serve mother and father. You have to actually hate them and serve me. What? Jesus so rebuked the idolatry of the family in Israel that he said, hate your mother and father. That's scripture. That doesn't mean murder your mother and father. That means cut them off from being your mother and father and serve God as your only father. He was saying, cut yourself or circumcise your heart from your family bloodlines. You can only serve either God or man, Galatians 1, but you can't serve both. Are you going to serve God? Then you actually have to snip, circumcise your heart's bloodlines. Most people are too cowardly to do it, and you'll never be great in the kingdom until you serve the Holy Spirit higher than your bloodlines. You can't be a servant of the roots of David and the servant of your bloodlines. If we go back just ten generations, you are eating your enemies and drinking out of their skulls. I mean, who are you serving? In the deepest places, you need to be serving Christ. Because if you're still in your human nature trying to be servant of all, you are already serving demons. <laughs> and a lot of people think they're serving Christ when they're serving demons because 200 million demons here pretending to be the Holy Spirit, pretending to be angels, pretending to be the voice of many waters, pretending to be good sound doctrine, bro. Sound theology, good doctrine. And it's dry, and it's Egyptian, and it's hell. You will know them by their fruit, not by their good sound doctrine. There's 200 million demons here that have the entire Bible memorized. Having the Bible memorized means zero. The only temptation that Jesus Christ received from Satan in the Bible was the quotation of Scripture. Problem was, there was no wine and oil on it. So Jesus said, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. You shall have no God except my God. Because he's quoting the scripture without the wine and oil makes him the devil. The devil uses the scripture without wine and oil. How often are you tempted by people quoting scripture to you without wine and oil? They will begin to weep and gnash their teeth at you because they can't manipulate you with Satan's witchcraft. Those are the sorcerers of Babylon the Great. Those are the wicked. Those are the wicked people. Those are the sons and daughters of hell and not heaven because heaven is the house of wine. Song of Solomon 2.4 He brought me into the house of wine and his banner over me is love. The new wine is the love of God. You're drunk on love and there's so much spiritual intoxication because you're the true sons and daughters of the living God. You have all the evidence of that fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. Is there any, any greater fruit than love? Nothing even close. The true divine love is the greatest supernatural power. Everyone can feel that love. It bypasses politics. It bypasses education and opinions. I operate and walk in that high love, and I can minister to communists in Minneapolis. I can minister to college students that are brainwashed in communism. I can minister to, you know, totalitarians. I can minister to doctors. I can minister to 33-degree warlocks that have owned abortion clinics and have served 200 million fallen angels. It doesn't matter. When you walk in love, 
if that person's not willing to repent, they kill themselves within two days. Because they're all in, cold, reptilian, of the red dragon, of the serpent in the garden, and they realize there's no future except love. And if you've operated in the hate of the devil, you're cut off from the earth in this generation. For a far off and remote generation for when all the wicked are to be removed, Enoch chapter 1, it is written, And the wicked are cleansed by us being servant of all, on the throne of grace, giving every spiritual stomach favor, divine favor. And everyone's bewitched thinking they need to work for it in the natural realm, but that's not how creation was created by the Creator. By this word of God, the heavens were formed, and the earth was formed. By the word of God, creation was formed. So when you have the word of God in your spiritual stomach, and you speak from the throne of grace out of love and sincere sacrifice of your heart for others, it will come to pass because you're serving them the wine and bread of Melchizedek. You're beginning to transform the nations by coming up under them and loving them unconditionally because God only sees the spirit, which is the heart. Because if you were to look into the soul, if you were to look into the flesh, nobody's worthy. Nobody should be delivered of being a religious Pharisee. Those people, the religious Pharisees, deserve hell more than anyone because they beat each other up using truth. And they got it as a gift, and now you're better than someone because you read a book? Because you heard a sermon? You are the most deserving people of hell in the world because salvation is a gift of grace that no one can earn no matter how good they are in their human flesh. So you get over yourself, which is the goat, you kill the goat, and you begin to serve people the spirit of grace from the throne of grace in the lowest place, which is the bowels of the earth which is the spiritual stomachs of the nations and the spiritual stomachs of the cities, which is the spirit life of the cities. And you clear out all that realm of hell and demons and devilry and all the wickedness of Satan that's in the lowest place of the human spirit. And you fill the human spirit and you fill the city's spirit and you fill the nation's spirit with grace and the spirit of grace and the blood sacrifice of the Lamb of God on the throne and you begin to glorify regions because you're serving them the spirit of grace and you're filling their bellies with favor and you're filling their bellies with love and they begin to change. I'm seeing dramatic change. Neighbors coming around just going out of their way to talk to me just to talk because there's just so much love and so much favor laughing uncontrollably Hawthorne neighborhood which was one of the greatest murder rates at one time in the 90s of the entire United States of America when this house was run by Pookie Duke North Minneapolis had one of the actually for a year had the highest murder rate in the United States of America now it's not even close it's not even on the charts and it's all because of cleansing the bowels of the city of Minneapolis by being servant of all on the throne of grace. This is the divine ability. This is the man Christ Jesus and his true spiritual ministry. When he enkindles a fire in people's loins and purifies them, and they don't even know what's happening, life just starts to get better. And you don't even need to take credit for it. You don't even, they don't need to know your name. 
They just need that substance blazing through them. It's called the river of life. And the river of life raises the dead. And the river of life removes the death. And the worst death is the death of religion, of people that have heard this message, yet don't obey it. And try to beat each other up with revelation. And be competitive with like what they know in their brain, but don't walk in by sacrifice in their heart. We're dealing with the hypocrites. We're dealing with the infants in Christ that think they're mature but haven't laid their lives down, that are still self-conscious, self-aware, that still have an ego, which is the mark of the beast, animalistic, tribal. All of that has to burn. You can have no self-awareness and be servant of all. How are you going to serve all? You'll find someone that you compete with, and you'll just you'll judge them. You'll judge them, you'll condemn them, you'll murder them in your heart. And you'll cut yourself off from the bowels of compassion and being servant of all. You get beat up for a season because you murdered your neighbor and you murdered someone you disagreed with and whatever dumb opinion in your animal brain. And then you just go off into Egyptian hell, build sandcastles. You got burned, you got wounded. Something bad happened. You did it. You allowed it to happen. And if you didn't and someone just did it to you, well, here's the balm of Gilead to fill your stomach and get over yourself, because he had it a lot worse than you. He was crucified to death by sinners, by Romans, and by the Jewish elite ruling class Pharisees, the billionaire class of Israel, and by Herod. And he had never done anything wrong. And he didn't need to die. He came in on a donkey, on palm branches, and they were honoring him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he went from that highest place of ruler of all and honored by all, Herod had, I mean, Herod couldn't do anything. Rome couldn't do anything. He's riding the donkey as a victorious Jewish king with all of the anointing of his father into Jerusalem on palm branches, Hosanna in the highest. And the father's like, sacrifice the state that you're in now as king of kings and lord of lords so that all of these murderers and jealous pieces of crap around you can join us in our kingdom. And he's like, yes, Father. And he did. So that all us Romans and all us Pharisees and all us crackheads and alcoholics and scum of the earth and all of our little animal tribes could join the Messiah in the kingdom of heaven because he sacrificed his state of King of Kings and Lord of Lords when he was walking in King of Kings and Lord of Lords grace at that moment, that day. That's what he gave up for you the rulership of the universe, so you could join Him where He's at, at the right hand of the Father, spiritually, then mentally, then physically, as He fills you with the Spirit of grace. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow.